HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Root 11 Potato Chips. Made with a secret recipe and superior ingredients, their mission is to make an outstanding product in a safe and clean environment. To learn more, visit rt11.com. Welcome to Jupiter's Almanac. I'm Matthew Rayford, the great-great-grandson of Jupiter Gilliard, a former slave who bought the land I now farm in Georgia nearly 150 years ago. Through the years, my ancestors have passed on some essential and hard-earned wisdom about growing and producing the food we eat. It's my honor to share that inheritance with you today and to invite other farmers from Georgia and around the country to share their tips with you. So if you are just starting out, reconnecting with the land, or a seasoned farmer, come join this conversation. Today's episode will be about natural disaster readiness. We're going to be talking about my own personal experience, how to make a plan, and a recipe to survive and thrive. Brendan Bouchard always brings up the time to get out the map is before you enter the woods. And right about now, this is getting ready to be the most engaging, I guess, hurricane season we have ever had, especially with the fact with the COVID-19 pandemic uh, sitting upon us and us being stuck in the house all the time. So let's throw, let's go, let's get all our things ready in our bag. And we're going to talk about that. And we're going to jump on over to our segment where Javon and I are talking about Hurricane Matthew. Hurricane Matthew. I guess I'll start off there because it was named after me. No, just kidding. Uh, Hurricane Matthew. So, you know, you're hearing about this hurricane coming in and you're not sure exactly where it's going to hit. You're watching uh, the Weather Channel. You're listening to everything. And Javon and I decided to just like hunker down in place. Mm -hmm. And our whole thing was, you know, we had 125 chickens, ducks and guinea hens. Um, we, we didn't have any hogs at that point, did we? I no, think, no uh, hogs. Yeah, I don't think we, we had, had the hogs. dogs. We had, we had, dogs. had the dogs. We had, dogs. Yeah. We had two dogs. And um, we still have the dogs. And so, um, yeah, we have the dogs. <laughs> um, and so, you know, this hurricane's coming in. And, you know, I, I just told Javon, I was like, look, I was like, I've been through hurricanes before. I was like, let's just go ahead and hunker down in place. Um, we're at the farm. We need to be able to take care of the animals. We need to be able to, you know, figure out what happens after it goes by. And so... It was one of those things of like charge up everything. Um, 
make sure we had backup batteries for everything. Um, we made sure that we had like, a, you know, we had some extra tool stuff. We had maps just in case I had to do all the back roads out of our area and not, you know, have access to GPS and stuff like that. So kind of having a atlas in the car um as part of our traveling things right. was definitely well, a plus. and also we also had the restaurant at the time too yeah, we so did. we yeah. also had to bend down the hatches at our restaurant in the city so part of us staying and and not you know going with the mandatory evacuation was as business owners you know being able to um manage the livestock at the farm but also being able to like assess damages at the restaurant yeah and so, you know, here we are hungered down in place and then Hurricane Matthew comes blazing in um, like I always do. And, uh, you know, it was kind of interesting because, you know, at first it was just like a super calm, like, I mean, like calm, like nothing happening. And then out of nowhere, it was every bit of, you know, like <laughs> that could possibly happen all of a sudden. It was Well, just, and it was a lot of wind. So part of the buildup was just wind, just like this, yeah. just insistent like grading like wind um and a month before hurricane matthew we also had um tropical storm hermione yeah um which actually yeah. ended up taking out a lot of our um our you know oaks and branches and stuff that mm -hmm. were that were vulnerable so you know we're so grateful to that tropical storm for actually clearing out some of the brush of that, yeah. um, because some of the damage post hurricane due to the wind and the rain would have been so much so worse of course yeah now that i think about it yeah and so you know here's the you know the hurricane hits and um you know it's one of those things are like okay what, what are you gonna do let's sleep through it and then uh, you know in the or middle, try to sleep through. or try to sleep through it <laughs> i can sleep through just about anything um so then all of a sudden i heard this like massive like like boom and i was like oh god something has hit the house and um so i jump up i walk in and you know i'm walking through the different rooms in our little 996 square foot schoolhouse um 996 no 999 999 okay let me yeah per, i don't want to lose the square the, foot the, the fema <laughs> right uh, per investigator. The FEMA investigator right <laughs> so 999 square foot um schoolhouse and uh as i'm walking through uh i get ready to open the door to what would be the living room and i can literally hear outside and when i open get the door like pushed open um, the part of the ceiling in there has fallen in and I'm just standing like, Oh my God, what, what has just happened? And I was like, okay, you know, like, what do we do? So I just, you know, I grab a bucket, I put underneath it. <laughs> I walk back into the bedroom and who is still fast asleep, but Javon. And so she's just like, <laughs> I was exhausted. Yeah, All of that wind, yeah. like it, it, it was nerve wracking. too. Yeah. It's, so. it's, it's very stressful. I mean, because the yeah. thing is, is like, and this is a challenging thing. Um, you know, which I understand safety, but they also turn off the power um, before any of the actual storm hits. Yeah. And so I think part of that is to protect the line so that if the wind hits it a certain way, there's no fires and all that kind of fun stuff. But just know the power had been out for a long before yeah, yeah, it had gotten dark. About five hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there's only so much um, that you can, you know, look at your iPad or, you know, and you want to conserve battery power. And, you know, once darkness hits, um, there's only so much reading by flashlight and candlelight that you can do before you're just exhausted and so you just go to sleep right 
And so, you know, now, you know, I'm just like, okay, it's in the middle of the night. What are we going to do? And, I'll, and then I start thinking about, okay, wait, I got these 125 chickens, ducks, and guinea hens. I need to go check on them because if this just happened here, I can't, I don't know what happened with them. So, um, I'm like, okay, first light, I'm walking outside, or as soon as it gets like, as soon as the storm finishes passing, I'm, I'm going outside. And I was not ready for what, you know, like happened next, which was, you know, the storm had subsided and I walked outside and we could not find 125 ducks, chickens and guinea hens. Like the, we, we just don't know where they are. We didn't, did, I went looking for them. I couldn't, I just couldn't figure it out. And I was like, well, maybe they're in the trees, you know, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe they escaped up into somewhere. Maybe they're in someone else's yard around here or something. So, uh, we went for that, uh, walk and, uh, went for that ride around the property and all this other stuff. We d- couldn't find them, could not find a one. Well, there were a few that kind of like came back, but for the most part, it, everything was gone. And, um, that was devastating because that was our, actually our eggs were, our chickens were producing eggs at that point. And so, um, we lost all of that in one fell swoop. Um, so after that, it was like, okay, what, okay, this is devastating enough, but now we have to drive into Brunswick and check on the restaurant. And, once we got there, it was at mm-hmm. that point, it was like, okay, everything looks good because we came through the back door. And as we walked in, um, we could see the shimmer of the water on the walls from the flooding that happened in the front part of our restaurant. And <clears throat> this is one of those things of when, like, when you don't have a plan written down, how things can go crazy. So I go and grab a squeegee, open the front door, and start trying to pull the water out the front door. And it seemed like the more I pulled water out, the more water kept, like, coming in or something. I don't I don't know what, because there's no flooding so, outside. So this is actually what happens when you are trying to clean up and you're already exhausted from doing whatever Why cleanup you, you could do at, not, at the farm. It's uh, funny. <laughs> So literally, if you were if you weren't exhausted and and already did some cleanup back at the farm, you would have been well rested enough to know that everything was at an incline, which is why there was a pool of water in the middle of the restaurant. So as you're like squeegeeing out, you would have seen that it's on an incline. So you can't really quite squeegee it uh, in the same way. Um, So so I think it's important to like find ways to, you know, when you are doing post disaster cleanup to find ways is to to take a deep breath um, breath. to to find some um to like get out of your lizard brain thinking um which is like that emergency like things are happening we gotta just fix it okay i thought you called (laughs) no 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 (laughs) but also i think what it also taught us was the power of community so you know after matthew's like super exhausted from trying to squeegee out this puddle um that just keeps puddling up um we actually just sat down in the window like with our backs to the window um and just we're like what are we gonna do and next thing you know we hear a knock on the window behind us and it is one of our um good friends and uh fellow business owners um brooke um knocking on the window saying hey can i help y'all with anything (laughs) we're like absolutely Absolutely. you know and she goes hey guess what i have and i was like what she's like i got a vacuum i got a wet vac and i was like wait a wet vac and 
to to have not even thought of a wet vac. I didn't even think of the My first thing was, I got to squeegee. I got to get this water out of the restaurant. I didn't even think of the wet vac. And then what was even more amazing was her daughter to bring us those cookies. Yeah, the fresh baked um, cookies. The fresh baked cookies. So her daughter went home. They went back home. Her daughter went and made fresh baked cookies. Yeah, and I think she was like, what, nine or ten? Nine or ten, maybe. Yeah, she makes these fresh baked cookies. I am, you know shop backing as much water as i possibly can well and we had another like um actual like uh nancy yeah nancy. Who was one of our customers and mm-hmm. another like fellow business owner yeah. um in brunswick offered to bring us pizzas and uh cleaning supplies yeah. and towels so so literally we had a, a work party that yeah. we didn't even organize like people right. just reached out and instead of us being like you know uh we got it we're just like yes come help us right. and so we had a, a pizza and cookie party mm-hmm. um as we like you know shop backed and cleaned up and wiped down yeah. and you know even um we had uh, one of our folks helping me organize cables because they were all just sitting in the just water in the at water, some point. right yeah and and you know that's that's also something to think about um who's your tribe like do you have a tribe when there's something like a natural disaster that's about to happen because the power of people the power of community coming together was just amazing during that hurricane and then for less than 365 days later for hurricane irma to blaze back through um, it was just like, oh my God, like what just happened? Like we just, we just went through this. Right. And I think Hurricane Irma, I think was the one that like, I, I don't know, it felt like it knocked all the wind out of any sail that we thought we might've, um, started back the momentum that we're starting to get because, um, Hurricane Matthew happened right around the, right before the time that we would normally be getting all of our, uh, holiday parties in. And so when people came back, they really came back to like trying to re get their lives back together. So um, all of that also has to do with finances and money and, and making money as a business. So we had to um, rethink how we were going to do that year. And then for the very next year to have another storm come back through, um, it was just I don't know, it was, it was devastating, you know, mm-hmm. really. And then. Uh, this one we decided because of course we didn't have the chickens at this point or the ducks or the guinea hens, just Um, the dogs. dogs. (laughs) So we decided to evacuate and what should have been a four and a half hour drive to Atlanta turned into 10 hours, Mm -hmm. um, 10 plus hours that we were evacuating around the same time Florida was evacuating. Um, and then we get all the way to Atlanta for the power to go out there. And so it was kind of one of those the, things. The hurricane like, followed the us. The hurricane y'all. followed us, it, it seemed like. But what what it also kind of, well, it did. It did follow us. Um, but uh, I think it also taught us to think about just like where we are. Like, we're, like you, if we wouldn't have left, <laughs> I think the same thing would have happened. You know, I think the plastic still would have blew off the high tunnel. Um, I think that um, the same damage that would have happened out here. Um, with trees and branch and thing would have still happened, but I would have been here and been able to like quickly, you know, make things and, and change things. So I think you have to figure out also like, what are you going to do in a natural disaster? Like, are you going to stay? Are you going to leave? And so we've done both. And um, now we're at, at the point where unless it is truly going to be life threatening, like we know a category five is getting ready to hit 
there's really no reason for us to leave this space, mm-hmm. um, especially with the amount of livestock that we have now, the crops that we have planted. Like we have to either mm-hmm. be able to quickly get back to them and uh, make, you know, make the quick adjustments that we need to make or mm-hmm. or, you know. Right. And I think also as part of that as well is like for us, you know, um, having also having space for other people to be able to evacuate like more unsafe places um for us we are further inland and we're actually very close to the next county where most people would be evacuating to um that for us you know we could actually stay in place and help other people who may not have a place to go um because often what happens with hurricanes is guess what they come up the coast from florida so usually what happens is florida is evacuating because they're usually expecting more of the landfall than we are so they're evacuating first so from here to Alabama most of the hotels are booked up by the time um, Georgia is even considering evacuation so you know if you don't have the ability to drive further inland um, I know some folks are just like you know what we're just gonna drive to Michigan and you're like wait what It totally happens because they know that there's a place there um, that they can go. Um, Often what happens is like the Speedway in Atlanta will open and people can camp there. But, you know, imagine if you have, um, you know, little kids and, you know, and you have dogs or cats or whatever. Like, you know, where do you go in case of of a disaster? And so for us, we're like, okay, you know, as long as it's safe, we'll be here. We always make sure that the car is ready to go just in case something does happen um but by usually by the time the real weather is here it's you're much safer staying in place than you are uh, moving and being out on the road where there may be flooding electrical lines down you know everything else that can happen including being stuck on the highway for for hours definitely definitely that we'll be right back with some advice for you about how you can prepare for natural disasters This episode is brought to you by Route 11 Potato Chips. From the moment Route 11 dropped their first batch of chips back in the early days of 1992, they understood their destiny as a high-quality producer. Instead of succumbing to the frenzy of mass production, they took advantage of their small size and made chipping a personal art form. The payoff was immediate, an incredible potato chip. With a secret recipe and superior ingredients, their mission is to make an outstanding product in a safe and clean environment. In this world of uncertainty that we live in, Route 11 potato chips believe comfort food can be just that. Know where your food comes from. To learn more, visit rt11.com. Welcome back to Jupiter's Almanac. Now I'm going to answer some questions that can help you make a plan for yourself, your garden, and your pets in the case of a natural disaster. And I'll share what I think should be added to any go bag during COVID-19. So how does one get ready for something like a hurricane? Well, think about it this way. You got lots of wind, you got lots of rain, and you need to protect everything from whether you have just a container garden on the balcony, to a couple of acres of land, chickens and cows and all those kinds of things. So let's start off with uh, something smaller and work our way bigger. 
If you just have your regular old container garden kind of things and stuff like that, bring as much of that stuff inside as possible. Um, protect it from that wind and rain. We don't want any stalks snapping in half or any of those kinds of things. If you're thinking about leaving the area, make sure that if you can, grab yourself a big water bottle, put water in it, put the cap back on it, punch a little hole in it, and sit it inside that bucket and it will slowly start to water that plant while you're away if you happen to evacuate and should probably keep it going. If you have something like a chicken coop that you need to secure, make sure all your doors are able to be secured. You want to keep as much of the water out of that area as possible. You don't want those chicken feet wet up in there. You don't want any of your birds to uh, get sick from the weather. So you want to make sure that you kind of close them in super super tight so far as your crops go i mean it's it's kind of like you're up to mother nature everything is kind of open on that but one of the things i would say to always uh keep in mind is that anything that can possibly be harvested and saved that you get that done as quickly as possible get it in the storehouse get it dehydrated whatever you need to do so that it can be saved those would be the immediate tips that i would give especially with all of the hurricanes that are supposed to be coming in this year, which is, you know, more than phenomenal. I would then sit back and look at, okay, how do I make sure that I'm ready to go? So a lot of farmers like myself, we kind of shelter in place um, unless it gets like super, super, super aggressive. So if you're going to shelter in place, make sure you write down a plan. Make sure you know what supplies you, you have on hand and what you may need to give and who's supposed to execute what. Also, make sure that you think about nourishing yourself throughout this time period because bad weather, once it comes in, there is no going out to a grocery store. So here's me thinking about buttoning down the hatches. So during Hurricane Matthew and Hurricane Irma, um, within both of those, trying to figure out exactly what to do on a farm, seeing that we're in the middle of growing hibiscus during that season, I have about 125 chickens and the like, it kind of became like a all hands on deck, anything we could harvest, we possibly tried to go ahead and do. Um, then we, uh, kind of, for lack of better terms, you know how you see those pictures of people boarding up things? We basically had to board up our chicken coop area kind of like that and just leave the airflow area um wide open just in case the storm got super super aggressive now you know just a few months back we had hurricane isaiah come through and um you know our our whole game plan with that was um okay it's a tropical storm now it's a category one it's a tropical storm now it's a category one I will tell anybody, whenever you hear about a natural disaster coming, that you either hop on and make sure that you have your own little radio system, battery-powered, um, hand-crank, NOAA weather, whatever you have to do, so that you can track things and figure out how urgent things happen to be. Now, for me, watching this latest hurricane come through, um, it was kind of like, okay, we're just going to go ahead and shelter in place. Um, at this point, even if it hits a category one and comes close to the coast of Georgia, we should be okay. 
Now, categories three, four, and five, that's really like a roll of the dice on what you what you want to do. You can have a lot of wind coming in. We have some big, giant live oaks that are out here. Um, you want to try to keep everything away from those as much as possible. Um, you don't want anything falling down um, on your vehicle. Uh, if you can make sure that you place your vehicle ready to go, and that's kind of what we did during Hurricane Isaiah. So we kind of put our uh, go bags close to the door. If something wants to change, we're ready to just kind of throw them in. Um, if we if we if it was to get to that you know massive point of uh, of like a three, four, or five. The other thing you have to think about is if you have pets. Now, you know, I'm a farmer, so I the only pets that I have on the farm are two dogs and two cats. So you also have to be prepared to take them with you and also pack up enough food for them also. So if you think you're going to be out of the area for a week, you best have enough food for them for a week also. Do not leave your animals without food at all. That is just that is probably the worst. Um, try your best to make sure that they are, your little fur babies are taken care of just as though they are part of the family. Um, now I know you, you might be sitting back and saying to yourself, well, I don't have to worry about hurricanes. Um, you should still have things prepared for yourself, whether you're possibly coming up against a snowstorm or if you're coming up against an earthquake. I don't think anyone in North Carolina was ready for the earthquake that happened uh, almost a month ago either. Um, but just having some very basic things ready to go, um, I think, is going to be very, very important. And also a key uh, to long-term survival if things do happen to get out of hand. You know, my family's been here for, uh, you know, almost 150 years at least. And I am probably the first person to ever like leave this area during a hurricane and that was during hurricane irma let me tell you something if i had to do it all over again i would not have left because basically i left here went to atlanta and the power was out there also i could have just stayed here um in that particular case but i will say this the hurricane patterns are becoming much stronger the weather is changing. It has been like one of the hottest summers again. It's been virtually brutal. Um, 115 heat indexes, 105 heat indexes in Georgia on the coast. I mean, that's that's just brutal. So I think we we all need to be paying attention to to weather patterns. I mean, even uh, the winter storms that have been rolling in in the nor'easters have been much greater than they ever have been uh, over the last few years so i i'm just telling everybody make sure you're ready um and prepared whether it's you're going to hunker down in place or whether you're going to move forward so let's talk about getting that go bag ready so uh, Ready Georgia, which you can Google really easily, um, has kind of prepared like a basic kind of ready uh, kit, ready bag, so to so to speak, things that you should have. I'm going to add a few more things in because of uh, COVID-19 for sure. Um, some of the things that they have on here, you know, your basics, water, food, can opener, flashlight, extra batteries, first aid kit, a whistle, even a local map. Well, I'm going to add in there, they have face mask on here, but I'm going to put in here uh, not only 
uh, disposable face mask, but anything that can be used or triple layered into a uh, face mask should also be taken, whether it's uh, just some additional rubber bands, some additional cloth that would be used in case something gets destroyed or you need to get another one. Um, that for sure. I would also think about uh, hand sanitizer for sure. I mean, some of you know that I have packed uh, or have seen one of my uh, go bag pitchers um, that had a bottle of vodka in there. Um, so yeah, you can use the vodka to drink. You can use it to sanitize, even um, to help out with wounds. So it, 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 it's a it's a triple threat. There, vodka is. Um, we also have prescription medications. Make sure that you have all of your prescription medications ready to go. And not just in the bottle that they're in. They also need to be inside of a Ziploc bag. And that's no matter what kind of natural disaster um, you're thinking about getting. Because once the medicine gets wet, you are out of it. Um, also making sure that you have a little bit of cash um, squirreled away in multiple denominations. Um, so you don't want to just be running around with $100 bills in your pocket trying to break those. You want to have some ones, some fives, some tens, even a few twenties in there. Um, and even some larger coin change like quarters, um, and things like that. A couple of roll of quarters would definitely help. Um, so those are some like extra little tips, especially with COVID-19 being in. And if you have to uh, move around, Lastly, I would definitely want to say, make sure you have a call list and that call list should be included, not just your immediate family members that are close by, but a call list of people as you and or where you are traveling to um, or thinking about moving to. Make sure you have that call list with you. And I'm not talking about having a call list in your cell phone. I'm talking about having a call list on a piece of paper inside of a Ziploc bag or laminated inside of a Ziploc bag just in case you need to have some type of emergency contact and something happens with your phone. It is the worst thing to be able to try to remember someone's telephone number in the middle of an emergency. Lastly, I would say it's always good to have at least two to three long-range walkie-talkies with you. They're pretty cheap. Um, you probably can get one for less than 40. You can probably get two for less than 50 bucks, 40 to 50 bucks that'll give you a good up to 25 mile range. So if you get separated or something really, really drastic happens and uh, you, you're in one place and you're, the rest of your party is in another, that you can still kind of communicate with each other, um, especially if cell phone towers go down. All right, well, that's enough for me on all those kinds of things. To close out the show, Javon's going to share what goes into her delicious energy bites that if we are prepared, we will always include in our go bag. Of course, as a chef farmer, I'm always thinking about food, and it's great to include more than just canned food, but something homemade and even healthy. Here's Javon. 
Okay. Now, as far as these energy bites um, that Shafarmer Matthew is so excited about, they're actually cookies, and we all love cookies. Um, I just pack them with so many amazing, delicious things that you don't even tell that they're cookies. So they're like these banana oat chocolate chip cookies that I turn into energy bars. And so it has organic dark chocolate, it's got coconut, it's got banana, it's got tahini or sunflower butter, whatever I can get my hands on um, to just pack in as much protein as possible. We use um, some lovely old-fashioned oats as part of it as well um, to just really create this really amazing, sweet, um, crunchy um, cookie goodness um, that just packs a great energy punch. Well, that's our show. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Jupiter's Almanac wherever you get your podcasts. Special thanks to Javon Sage. Our executive producer is Kat Johnson. Jupiter's Almanac is also produced by Dylan Hoyer. Our audio engineer is Matt Patterson. Our theme song was composed by the Joy Drops. Jupiter's Almanac is powered by Simplecast. Jupiter's Almanac is a production of Heritage Radio Network, the world's pioneer food radio station. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org and follow us at heritage underscore radio. And we want to hear from you. Send us any questions in writing or as a voice memo that we can help answer on the air at Jupiter's Almanac at heritageradionetwork.org.